So we're in a series at the moment, a, Holy, a series called The Holy Spirit. Um, and just before, before kind of I get into that, I just want to um, share with you guys that <coughs> Jess, Jess and I are actually going to be going, um, and the kids, don't worry, um, and the kids are going to be going on um, Tuesday. Um, Jess is going to be gone for a num- quite, quite a long time, a couple of months. I'm out for two Sundays, um, and then I'm, and, and I'm going to be back. And just so you know, those two Sundays, we're, church will continue as normal. We've got Pastor Pete from Edinburgh, who's he's recorded a, a special, or it's not just a, one of his sermons, it's a specific message for us that will go into this Holy Spirit series. That's next week. He's an incredible teacher. He's a brilliant Bible teacher. Um, so he's going to be sharing next week. And then the week after that, we're going to take a couple of weeks kind of off from the Holy Spirit series where Julie, Julie Elder, some of you guys have met her, she was here last week, she's part of GNT that Beth's part of as well, Um, she's going to be coming in and sharing with us and then I'll be back and sharing with you guys a little bit of some of the nuggets from the Surge conference that we'll be at in uh, Glasgow, which is Destiny's main, main conference. So... So far in this Holy Spirit series, we've looked, this is part three, we've looked at Pentecost, we've looked at um, God with us, we spoke about that last week, that the Parakletos, the Holy Spirit alongside us, walking with us, that we're called to co-work with God, it's not just God out there doing his stuff and he says, I'll see you when you die, that actually we're living a life working with God, you and the Holy Spirit out there ministering together. And today, I just felt the Lord leading to build on that, in some senses, walking deeper into that, because sometimes visually we can have that picture of the Holy Spirit kind of being alongside us, which he is, he's the Parakletos. But I feel the Lord wants us to walk into a place of deeper intimacy. And I believe from this, this picture, when I was prepping, I had a picture, which I'm going to share with you in a moment, that what I think is on his heart is that he wants to plant something in us today concerning a life lived in the Holy Spirit that is completely saturated with him, completely saturated with him, inside and outside with him. And so that's the title of today, Saturated. And I had this picture whilst I was preparing, or when I sat down to prepare, I was, I was saying, God, what, what is it that you, you want to say today? And he gave me this picture that was actually, I've, and I'm going to share it with you, I found it quite hard, and I think some of it will resonate with some of you guys too. Um, and it was a picture of a plant that we have in our house. It's a pot plant. Well, it's not a pot plant, but it's in a pot. And it's one of those lovely elephant ear plants. You know, those incredible plants. So we've got one of those in in our house. And I felt God say, sometimes, James, you see life with me and treat me like this pot plant where I fit into your life, where I'm, and I kind of wrote this in and took it out and I just wasn't sure. I felt it's too too much of a harsh word, but I feel he's saying it to me as well. So I'm going to say it. He says, sometimes... I actually, I heard the word ornament that, and I was just so convicted by that because I never want God to be an ornament in our life that, that I, you know, however unwittingly, because I love God, can ornament my life, my identity, who I am with God and that he informs a bit about me, that when people see me, they see something to do with God is that thing that's ornamented the room of my life. 
And I was just so challenged when he says, that's not the life that I've called you to. And suddenly, as I had this picture of this plant, everything changed. And I was actually suddenly stood in the middle of a rainforest. And I was stood there in the middle of it, much like this kind of image, apart from I wasn't dressed so coolly as that. And I wasn't standing on a tree. But, um, and it was raining. But I was stood in the middle of a rainforest. And there was those elephant ear plants and other plants just all around me, completely surrounding me. And the rain was pouring down and completely covering me and touching those plants and dripping off those plants and dripping off the leaves onto me. And it was just this thing of everything that I saw and I smelt and I felt and I heard, everything that was kind of within me and everything that was around me was this rainforest was the forest that I was just totally immersed in that place in that environment and I and I just really heard God say this is the picture of the life that I've called you to one filled up one surrounded by and saturated by me inside and outside that I'm in you and through you and on you and dripping off you and flowing out of you And I was just like, wow, God, that's incredible. That, because of, when we think about it, yes, yeah, so, that is the life we've been called to, a life filled with him. This is the new life that we've been born again into. It's the privilege, it's the great privilege humanity has been offered freely to be totally immersed in him, that you could be filled with God and that God would come and let, come upon you, would clothe you and surround you and wrap you. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit that brings that saturation in our lives, that brings the saturation, the, the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, within us and without us. What's the difference? What's the difference between being saturated within and being saturated without and that's kind of where we're going to camp out and the two big headings of filled and clothed where we're going to be for the the rest of today filled up and clothed so we're going to start with filled we're filled up on the inside for our eternal life we're filled inside for life for our salvation for our lives and for our every day for our living so first corinthians 12 13 for by one spirit we were all we were we all were immersed and mingled into one body and no matter our status whether we are jews or non-jews so no matter who you are whatever your status oppressed or free we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same holy spirit what was once impossible now is available to all because of christ that we can now drink deeply drink deeply into us the same Holy Spirit. This, is, this happens when you believe, your point of conversion. It's not, the, it's not what we speak about, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you look at this, it's the Spirit is the one doing the immersing. It's not, we're not being immersed in the Spirit in this verse. We know from other weeks, we'll look at the verse later, that it's actually Jesus who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. This is when someone believes in the gospel they believe and the Holy Spirit baptizes them, immerses them into Christ, surrounds them in Christ, that they're made righteous before God. 
They become part of his body. They become part of the church. They become privileged to drink deeply of the Holy Spirit. When we believe, at that point of believing in Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he does a number of things inside us. I'm going to go into four things the Holy Spirit does. He gives us new birth. We know that, don't we? He gives us new birth. Regeneration takes place. When you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit does these four things. John 3, 5 says, Jesus answered, I speak an eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and spirit wind, you will never enter God's kingdom realm. When we believe in Christ, we are born again by the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual act. It's not just something saying, yes, I'm religious now. It's a spiritual act where God does something incredible in us. It's a miracle. The Holy Spirit, the second thing, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside us, comes and lives inside us. He is the indwelling Spirit, isn't he? Romans 8, 9. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, and I've actually left it in brackets here. This is in, in the notes um, in, in the Bible. Another way of reading the empowers your life is comes and makes his home in you. You're not dominated by the flesh, but by the spirit. If you're not joined to the spirit of the anointed one, that's Jesus, you're not of him. He places us into Christ. This is going on, isn't it? When we believe in Jesus, we are placed into Christ. We become a member of Christ's body here on the earth. We just read that in the 1 Corinthians 12, 13 verse above. We're, we, we're immersed in Christ. That means we're made children of God in that moment. We're made co-heirs with God. That together we become part of this one body, the church here upon the earth, his body. And fourth and lastly, he seals us as a possession of Christ until the redemption of our body. I'm going to read two verses, one from Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, and Ephesians 4, and Ephesians 4, 30. So Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. So he seals us as a possession of Christ until the redemption of our bodies. And because of him, when you were not Jews, sorry, when you who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth, you believed in the wonderful news of salvation. Right, you believed. Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. So as we believe, the Holy Spirit seals us. He is given to us like an engagement ring is given to a bride as the first installment of what's coming. He is our hope promise of a future inheritance which seals us until we have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom, all for the supreme glory and honor of God. It's incredible. Ephesians 4.30, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you. This is the work he's doing in you. Has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life we are sealed secured and filled with the Holy Spirit within us that he would work in us that we would now begin 
being influenced by him, that our lives would be influenced by him, that 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 work of the Holy Spirit in us would begin producing this kingdom life within us. So just to drop back to that 1 Corinthians verse, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, by the way, it's all from the Passion Translation today, apart from one verse later. We are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. What a privilege. We're all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. We're drinking in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is completely filling us up on the inside. And this filling up in our lives is for all these things that we've, we've read about. It's for our life. It's for our living. Not, not just something that's far off in the future when we die, but the Holy Spirit is completely filling us inside and transforming us. It's so important that we're filled with the Holy Spirit as this water of life, that if we're thirsty, we go to Jesus, don't we? We go to Jesus to drink. We go to Jesus to drink and we drink of this water of the Spirit, the water of the Holy Spirit. Water is something that we drink to survive. Water is something we drink to thrive. So it gives us life within us. We die without it in us. Spiritually, we die without the Holy Spirit filling us and working with us. We have to be filled with God within. So the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us at that point of believing in Jesus, at that point of conversion. He fills us within, like we saw from those verses that we've kind of gone through and that we've looked at. He seals us. He baptizes us into Christ, into Christ's body. We become members of the church. This is going on in our inner lives. This inner life of the Holy Spirit, this continually drinking of him, being filled with him, letting that wellspring of life of the Spirit, every day when we get up, morning Holy Spirit, and we're just engaging with him, we're just saturating our inside with him that he would just bubble up out of our lives. That's the sanctifying work of the Spirit. And you know, some days we don't feel like that's going on. I know, I've had those days. It's like, ah. The Holy Spirit, day by day, patiently, patiently causes deep change and transformation within our lives. We call that this process of sanctification. That's the big word for it. We're going to look at that in a minute. It's process of sanctification is causing us to have a harvest of God's love flowing out of our lives. You know, that's why sometimes we can find people who are in prison and maybe just full, full of they're, those particular people may be full, very violent, full of hate, and suddenly they discover Jesus. And there are testimonies and stories about people who just in a moment, in, in that moment, they've suddenly ch- turned around. The, the, the guards and the people who know them, they're like, what has happened to you? Something has transformed you. Something's changed you. Because the Holy Spirit is now dwelling on the inside, and he's producing the fruit of divine love in them that's coming out of them. For other people, sometimes it's slower. It's a gradual process. But in us all, the Holy Spirit dwells and he is sanctifying us. The Holy Spirit causes fruit to grow in us. That phrase, fruit of the Holy Spirit, can also be um, translated as the harvest of the Spirit. What's the harvest that's coming out of your life? My prayer for us as a church is that we would be a place 
of maturity. With people coming in and the Holy Spirit filling them and just seeing people go on this journey deeper and deeper into God, where actually they're leading completely different lives from the day they came in. That, that transformation, this reflection of God's love and the kingdom values and just this, the harvest of the Spirit coming out of, out of believers has been the hallmark of believers for the last 2,000 years who've been filled with the presence of God and live a completely different life because of it. I'm just going to read that passage from Galatians 5 um, from, the tran- from the Passion Translation about the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. I love that. It's divine love in all its varied expressions. It's the love of heaven, a kind of love that we can't muster up on our own. But it's this supernatural occurrence where the Holy Spirit causes something in us so that the love of God would just flow out of us in all its varied expressions. That's loving on people and that's loving yourself. That's living a life of divine love. And it continues and it says what these things are. This harvest is what this fruit is. And it says joy that overflows awesome joy that overflows peace that subdues and you know sometimes we need that peace of god because stuff can happen and pull into our lives and we get wrapped around in a turmoil and we're so unsettled but actually the peace of god no matter the storm just comes and just pushes it down it's okay it's okay that's the divine love at work patience that endures Patience that endures. Patience with people. Patience with friends. Patience with children. (laughs) Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. Faith that prevails. Faith that never gives in, that carries on going. Part of our vision and our, our heart, our values, one of our core values is radical faith, isn't it? Faith that prevails gentleness of heart and strength of spirit i love that strength of spirit other translations it's uh, self-control self-discipline i love this the explanation of strength strength of spirits within that is that is that solid groundedness of someone just living in the flow of god never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless and i love that i love those verses my hope is that we would be a people embodying that and we would just grow more and more in that 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 would be the harvest of our life that these fruit would grow in us because we are in an intimate place with god almighty because we're saturated with the holy spirit dwelling within him because of our proximity to him the holy spirit he's sanctifying us He's working in us to produce divine love in all its varied expressions. This deep flow of the Holy Spirit within us, welling up from our very depths. That we as a church, as a people, would be a body so full of God, so full of God and his love that the attack of the enemy would just be completely extinguished in the river of the Holy Spirit that's flowing in our lives, flowing in us as a community, 
because we are living in a place saturated with him. You know, the enemy, Fergus chatted a bit about this earlier. We never communicate about this stuff, but it seems to always wrap together well. The enemy will try and steal those fruits from your life. He will try and wreak havoc on the harvest. He lies. He's the liar. He's the schemer. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. He lies and he schemes. Sure, he's defeated, but he'll still try and knock you, knock you off your horse. That's an expression. Um, he's going to try and rob you of your joy and replace that with sadness and dejection. He'll try and take your peace and replace it with anxiety, fear, and despair. He longs to see short-temperedness and flares of anger and unforgiveness take the place of enduring patience as that divine love just flows out of you. He longs to steal that from you. Selfishness, self-centeredness, instead of kindness in action. He will try and draw you into being the liar, the deceiver, the concealer of truth, the embracer of sin, whatever that may actually be, justify the sin, that you would choose to walk away from a life full of virtue, full of virtue. He'll say things like, did God really say it? Do you really need to worry about that? He looks to breed doubt where we need faith to prevail, to go the extra mile, to push through what seems completely impossible before us, but God's got the breakthrough. He wants to see bitterness, pride, and spite take the place of a gentle heart. So we're more interested in protecting ourselves and defending ourselves than someone else. It'll lie to you to get you to bow the knee, to give in to passions, make bad decisions. Often this can be maybe in the area of walking in self-control. Try and take out that harvest of the spirit in our lives, the strength of the spirit to stand firm and keep moving forward. We're filled with the Holy Spirit and we continue to drink of the Spirit of God that His fullness would fill us. His fullness would fill us. That the life of God, that that harvest of God, the harvest of the Spirit life within us would blossom, would grow in us. I want to speak to identity. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are filled with God within. You believe in Jesus, you're filled with God within. You have a new identity. See, God never intended that he would be this kind of ornament to who we used to be, to our old identity, you know, kind of polish it up to give it some kind of religious flair, some flavor of identity to who you were. He intended that you would be so saturated 
with him, that your entire identity would be completely renewed, would be completely renewed. Not just when you die and go into eternity to be with him, but the very moment that you say, Jesus, I believe you died for me on a cross. Jesus, you're my saviour. I put my trust in you today. I put my faith in you today. And when the Holy Spirit comes and fills you, at that very moment that your identity is completely renewed, completely transformed. Let me read to you guys. Galatians 2.20. My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah. And no longer lives. Guys, if you struggle with identity because of your past, maybe, you need, you need to hear this. No longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. Now, the essence, the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me we live in union as one that's incredible the anointed one lives his life through me we live in union as one my new life is empowered by the faith of the son of god who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine what a verse everything's changed the secret of how the disciples lived is found in this verse they didn't live and work and be and do stuff just in and of themselves faith wasn't something that they kind of tacked on to their lives it wasn't just part of their identity added into who they'd always been that pot plant on the windowsill no it was their identity it was their identity they were so saturated with him that his life his life flowed from them they lived and did everything they lived and did everything by another life i find that awesome and awesomely challenging they lived by Christ himself. They were filled with Christ within, drinking of the spirit of Christ. And his life was pouring into them and bubbling out of them and pouring out of these guys. That's incredible. That's what it means. Because sometimes it can become a bit of a Christian cliche to say, give your life to Jesus. That's what it means. Give your life to Jesus. That your life becomes his. That his life becomes yours. And that you are filled to overflowing by the author of life himself. It's incredible that the joy and the peace and the strength of God Almighty would rise up within us would fill us to to complete fullness that when the world looks at you and sees you and does life with you that in your relationships with people they experience him and his divine love i think that's beautiful what beauty there is to contemplate in this life that we've been brought into there's always deeper there's always more to go to that he will fill every single room inside you i don't know if you think of your life as as rooms but if you think of it like that there's we've got all these different rooms and areas within our lives 
that he will fill every single room that you open the door to, that you open the door to. You know what? It's totally by grace. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be like, oh, I need to be super spiritual so God would come in and fill, fill my life. He's itching to go. He's waiting there like a sprinter to burst through the door. Will you just open it? And for some people here today or listening on the podcast, you need to open the door to your life because you've never received him. He's not your Lord. You need to say, God, I want to make you my Lord today. Oh, Lord, and I kicked you out a few years back, but I want to invite you to come in today. Fill me afresh. But for some of us, there's, we love Jesus. We come, we come here every week, but maybe there's actually that room or a few rooms, but that room with a dusty door that we do not touch. And we don't even like to go inside and we have not let God inside that room but he's waiting to come in. Is there any part of you that you refuse to relinquish to his lordship, his filling? Is there any part of you that you refuse to let the spirit cultivate and work on and challenge you on that you would be obedient to where he's leading you in that area? You know, for some people, maybe it's money. Maybe your financial situation causes you to lose or gain your your peace. And so you're like, I'm, I'm, I am not letting you come into this space, God. I'm not letting you in here. Maybe it's identity. Maybe it's identity. You're not confident in who you are in him, what he said, who he said you are. You're still maybe believing some lies from the past, what other people have said about you, because he said some awesome things about you. He said amazing things about you. And you've got a choice. You're going to believe what he says about you or what someone who doesn't really know you says about you or what someone who wasn't filled with the love of God says about you. So your past does not define you. This something that Krish Kandaya once said, you're not defined by the worst thing that you've ever done. And you're not defined by the worst thing ever done to you. Because sometimes the horrible things that have been done to us can end up impacting our identity and who we see ourselves to be. But actually, it's not true. You know, maybe there are things that you fear, that you know, I have got to deal with this. I've got to get self-disciplined in this area. I need to change in that area. And you just, you don't want to deal with it. You don't want to let God come into that area and deal with it. And I know, it's hard, it's hard, but I encourage you. He's so gentle. Let him in, make the change. But being filled inwardly is only half of the story. They were totally filled up with Christ. We're totally filled with Christ inside. But those disciples, they were clothed with Christ outwardly. They were clothed with the Spirit. John the Baptist said, and I mentioned this verse earlier, but we didn't read it. John the Baptist said, so this is a second section called clothed. John the Baptist said in Matthew 3, 11, those who repent, I baptize with water, but there is coming a man after me who is more powerful than I am. In fact, I'm not even worthy enough to pick up his sandals. This is John the Baptist saying he baptized people in water. And he says, he will submerge you in union with the spirit of holiness and with raging 
fire. That is so incredible, so incredible. As I was prepping this morning, the Lord reminded me of a joke. Uh, this uh, comedian, he's not a Christian comedian, but he speaks about the church. He says, you go to church and they offer you cake or death. You know? And I was reading this and God said, that is just so far from cake or death. You know? That is not, that is just so awesome, so amazing, you know, so incredible that Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit that we would be immersed in the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would wrap around us, would clothe us. And Jesus says it to himself, to his disciples, to those guys who were there, these guys who believe the gospel, they believe in him, they believe Jesus is God. They're sealed with the indwelling spirit. These guys, they've been baptized in water, and yet Jesus still says to them in Luke 24, 49, and I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay here in the city until the mighty power of heaven falls upon you and wraps around you. I'm going to read the same verse again from the NASB. And behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. The words are of out, outer clothing, being filled outside, being saturated outside, that we have to be filled with God within and that we must put on God without. It's, it's a beautiful thing. The triune God within is our drink, is our life. It's giving us life. The triune God without is his ability on us in in some ways in some respects as limited as it as it can be as a picture it can be said a bit like a uniform because a uniform is a mark of authority to get something done the, there's, there's a power in it the holy spirit's clothing us is a mark of authority that we've been commissioned to act remember jesus gives them the great commission then he says wait you need to be clothed in power before you can even do this that we've been commissioned to act in the name of Jesus. A policeman, he has confidence when he steps out there to act in authority and with authority because of the uniform he wears. If he's not in uniform and he tells everyone to do stuff they pro and he doesn't have a badge or anything like that, they're probably not gonna listen to him. Like, who are you? Who are you? See, when we put on the Holy Spirit, when we're clothed with the Spirit of God, it's a mark of the king's delegated authority on us to bring his rule and reign into your spheres, into your areas that, that you inhabit in your society. But more than just a uniform, he is the power. He is the power that brings the result. It's not something where we kind of wield God. And I said this last week, we don't wield God. It's not for... It's not for that, it's for relationship with him. This co-working with him, completely saturated with the Spirit of God. That we would be his body here upon the earth, ambassadors of Christ, ambassadors of the king's rule here in the earth. And we said last week that Jesus tells the disciples, right, wait until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
until you're clothed with power because until they are, they aren't prepared to do what he's called them to do. They believe that he's the Messiah, but they're not ready. And when they're filled, the Spirit of God starts something that hasn't stopped since that very moment. And in that day, these guys, uneducated yokels, see 3,000 people added to the church because they're speaking in all kinds of different languages that they'd never learned. And people are hearing the words of God coming straight from the heart of heaven. See, people don't always recognize our infilling unless maybe they're very close to us and suddenly see that transformation. But they often recognize and notice our clothing without when we walk out with the Spirit. All those disciples mentioned in Acts are filled with God within and clothed with God without. Everything within them and upon them is God himself. They're saturated with him. And this has been my challenge this week. What am I saturated in? What are you saturated in? What's the challenge for today? What are you saturated in? Is God and your Christianity like the, the picture I shared, that kind of pot plant? And it's beautiful and it's great and it brings peace and joy and it's lovely. But is it something that's actually just part of you? We added it onto your who you were? Or are you pursuing the rainforest to be totally immersed and surrounded by him? Totally immersed and surrounded by him? Are you throwing the doors open in your life? Living, saturated, is this thing of being present with him, abiding with him, dwelling with him, that he would abide upon us and within us. Why? Relationship. Relationship. I know we keep circling back, but it always comes back to this. Relationship. And I believe, guys, this is where God's leading us more and more into as we look at these different areas and the Holy Spirit in our lives and the prophetic and all these different things and the way God works with us. It always comes back to our relationship with him, pursuing him, going deeper and deeper and deeper into the presence of God, into our relationship with him, that we wouldn't just know about him, but live a life in such close relationship dwelling in the presence of God that we're saturated inside and outside with him. That when we step out into our lives, we reflect, because we're so saturated in him, we reflect the fullness of God's intention for us as new creations enfolded into Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. Entirely new. It's a bit like the new identity. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. It can be so easy, you know, to read those kind of verses, and I've done it time after time. Read those kind of verses, and we think, oh, that's kind of cool, but yeah, it's just like a spiritual truth, but it's not really something that's going to affect our everyday. But that's just not true. We have become an entirely new creation. Men and women enfolded in Christ, 
filled and clothed with the Spirit of God. And today all over the world, you see the outworking of that. You see, you see lives have been transformed. We would describe it as the kingdom advancing, peace advancing. We see sick people healed all over the world. We see the lame walk. We see, we're seeing blind eyes opened all over the world. Hearts are changed. This life of being saturated with God is not for just a few special people. It is the normal Christian life. It's the normal Christian life. It's the life that Jesus made a way for us to live in. It's not something kind of sideline and special, the thing that I've been speaking about today. It's what Jesus gave us life that we could live in, 24-7 contact, saturated by his presence. <coughs> Let's never take for granted where we've come from. Never take for granted where we've come from. See, this isn't just some kind of random spiritual sideline thing. This is, this is the, the, the natural progression of the gospel, where the gospel leads us to. And I'm going to share with you guys, where have we come from? Because mankind was cut off. We were separated from God. Our sin made us unrighteous, that we couldn't come into the presence of a holy God. We were not right with God. We couldn't come into his presence, let alone be saturated with him, filled up on the inside and clothed on the outside. But Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price that, for that sin that was separating us from God. You know, the judgment blow against sin that should have fallen on you for your sin fell on Jesus 2,000 years ago on a cross. All sin was paid for by Christ. And he offers us his righteousness that we can just take hold of it in him by faith. We can take hold of his right standing before God. That's what righteousness means. His right standing before God. That is why it is only in Jesus, it is only in the name of Jesus that we can be saved, that eternity is found. There is no other name under heaven by which man can be saved because no one else has paid the price for sin and no one else could have paid the price for sin. No religion, not even Christian religion, no amount of effort or keeping all the rules. Okay. Sometimes I've met people and they say, I think Christianity, you've just got to keep a load of rules, be really, really good. Okay. But actually, our goodness comes from experiencing ultimate goodness, and we live out of gratitude, not out of fear to get to him. And we could never do that anyway. We could never lead a good life to earn our salvation. You know, that's the kind of new faith of the day. Be a good person, and I think we get to go to heaven. The Bible says nothing about that. It's totally by grace, everything that he did. None of that would ever make us perfect enough or holy enough to stand before God. It is not what you can do, it's about what Jesus did for you. That by faith, his blamelessness before God can be ours, that he gives it to us as a free gift. And you know what, then on the third day, he rose again. God proved the power of this resurrection life 
that dwelt within him, that when we are in him and he is in us, that same power that raised Christ from the dead will give life to us. It's proved. We're not hoping for anything random. It's proved it's there. The resurrection life is in Christ. And still, even after sin has been paid for, we've been declared righteous. We've been reconciled with God. Our resurrection is assured. Still, God goes one step further and he invites us, doesn't he? Invites us to be his witnesses in this world. He said, but you can't do that on your own effort and your own strength. And at his ascension, he says of the promised Holy Spirit, he says, the Holy Spirit, who the Father had promised. This isn't a spur of the moment idea. This is the thing that's been promised for generations, who Jesus had promised, who was coming, that the fullness of God would saturate his people, would clothe them and enable them with power that we might do the works of ministry to be Jesus' witnesses, pointing to Jesus, pointing to the Son, partnering with the Holy Spirit to glorify the Son, our Saviour, that we would be this new creation with this new identity with God in us and on us and all over us. This being saturated in God is the very heart. It's the plan and purpose of God. It's his greatest heart's desire. Because if we're saturated in God and he's filling you and clothing you, it means that you are in the place that the gospel is intended to bring people to. Back because of Christ, living in the fullness of the presence of a holy God, completely saturated. I'm going to end it there. I just want to invite Sarah to come up and... We're going to have um, a response time now. So I was going to do some instrumental. And guys, this is just an opportunity in a moment just to speak to God about what's happened. Because I know it's easy. You hear a message and just life carries on, right? Use this time. Let's have a time now just to receive more of him. Ask him. Fill me afresh. Do you need today to change the picture maybe unpot god in your life let that forest of his presence grow up around you you need to pursue that is there any area of your life that you need to let him saturate that you need to let him transform that you need to give over to him and his rule if you're here today or listening to the podcast, I want to give you an opportunity to come to Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to receive the gift of eternal life, right standing before God. It's free. It's offered to all. But it costs more than you could ever imagine. If you want to make that decision, I'm just going to invite you. Please, everyone, just close your eyes. I just want to invite you to pray this after me. Pray it under your breath, that's fine. Pray it in your heart. Jesus, thank you for paying for my sin. I believe that you died on the cross for me so that I could stand blameless before God. I put my trust in you today. 
I put my faith in you today. And I choose to follow you from this day forward and make you Lord of my life. Amen. Guys, just keep your eyes closed. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer, I'd love just later, I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you or anything like that, but if you're here today and you prayed that, I'm just going to wait a minute, but please just put signal to me, just keep your eyes closed, just pop your hand up in the air, and later on I'd love to pray with you <coughs> after service. Give it another moment. If God's just doing something in your heart and you say, I want to give my life to him, just pop your hand up in the air. Guys, I'm going to pray and then we're going to have a bit of a response time. If you would like prayer, yourself um, some of us will come around and pray if you'd like prayer please put your hands um, in your lap with your part open with your palms facing up so um, even if you haven't done that some people may come to pray but if you specifically like prayer please please have your hands just palms facing up and open in, in your hand in your laps I'm just gonna pray just for the Holy Spirit to come and just for you guys Lord I thank you for for this word, God, and I pray that you would grow us week by week, day by day, into being a church saturated in your presence, Lord, on the inside and on the out. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you come right now. Come and fall in this place and minister to each of us. Fill us afresh today. Fill us afresh today. Come, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place, Holy Spirit. You are welcome in this place. Come and fill this place. Fill, fill our hearts. Lord, you know where each person is at today, God, and I just pray that you would minister to them where they're at. In your beautiful and mighty name, God. Amen.